Guys, Happy New Year. What is going on, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Ah, I feel like it's been forever since I've done a podcast. and Oh, man, life is crazy. Um, wanted to get on here. I've got a, kind of a fresh new perspective on what I want to try to do in this hobby. And, uh, uh, you know, gosh, I love showing off the things that I get and uh, the customs I make and all that. But, man... I want 2021 to be really about you, where I help you out in your collection. This, uh, this past couple of years for me have really been kind of like an experiment, and uh, I'm very happy, very pleased with the results, and I want you to experience that also. I want to do like a quick rundown. I'm sorry if I'm a little out of breath here. I'm uh, <laughs> getting back into running and everything. If you follow me on Facebook, uh, probably driving you guys nuts with my pictures and uh, run logs and everything, but, uh, so I just finished up a couple miles here, so, uh, kind of cooling down, but, uh, hard to do a podcast at home during the day, so this is kind of a good way where I can enjoy the outdoors while I'm walking around and, uh, hopefully help you guys out and maybe a little entertaining, I don't know, uh, and you start singing or something to be more energetic or whatever on these things, but, <laughs> no, y'all do not want to hear me sing, but anyway, so, Here's my, here's my experiment. Here's what I did over the past couple years. And uh, I, I put together in my head this thesis that what you can do in this hobby uh, really transcends the hobby itself and enriches your life. Now, how does that work? For me personally, um, just again, as a rundown, I mean, I've said this a billion and a half times, guys, where I started off by uh, super collecting Conseco, which was great. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, but it just got to be a lot. And there's some times during the, my collecting, uh, quote unquote, career that I started thinking, huh, what could I really do with this money that I have tied up in Conseco cards? Not just Conseco cards, but the Conseco cards I didn't really care about. Know that you have some of these cards in your collection as well, the ones that are nice to have, or the things that are okay, or you opened up a box or a case or something, and they're there. They're just in your closet. You're not doing anything. All the while, you're on the internet, and you're salivating over these other big cards, these massive cards that are just out of reach, and maybe they're just out of reach because of those cards in the closet that you don't care about. Think about that for a second. So. For me, uh, this is not why I stopped uh, collecting, uh, super collecting Conseco back in mid-2018. It is just a, a thought that I had over and over again. Um, a recurring theme, if you will. And uh, so, you know, I sold off the Conseco cards. I kept some of the ones I loved. And as you know, I mean, I've gotten some uh, flack for this. Uh, but I've picked up some uh, some other Consecos along the way, and you know, lo and behold, I've just got this killer Conseco collection yet, but not in quantity. I had like ten or eleven uh, three-row boxes full of uh, non-doubles, just all singles. And but you know, that includes base and everything, and all the oddballs and stuff. Ninety-five percent of it I didn't care about, other than having a library and. You know, being known as the number one Conseco guy, you know, has the biggest and baddest collection and all that. But I started thinking, you know, that's not really, 
collection for me. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really think that, uh, I didn't feel that it was a God-honoring collection. I don't think, I, I know it probably doesn't really resonate with a lot of you out there, and that's okay. I know we all have different beliefs, but I just didn't think that God really wanted me to, you know, go down that road or continue down that road of super collecting. So, uh, you know, I ended up selling, and when I sold off, like, I ended up uh, turning a profit, which was amazing. It was very hard work, guys. It was, <laughs> but it was enjoyable. I just, I really loved the whole process. I just, you know, I put these, uh, these uh, hypotheses I had uh, in my mind into action. They worked out um, based upon the selling that I'd done over the past, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever. So it's not that I just kind of, you know, hey, guess what? All of a sudden I made money off this. Uh, so I, I knew what I was doing. But I documented it, of course, I put it in my book, uh, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict, in hopes of it helping out others out there too. Um, and selling my book, because if you have a, uh, an interesting book that helps people, it sells. So, <laughs> so that, that's not a bad thing either. Uh, but after I sold, I realized, huh, well, I really wonder what I could do. What, what really gets me going here in this hobby? The Canseco cards, yes, obviously. The, the awesome one of ones, the super rare 90s cards, and they still get me. Like, I love a really super nice rare 90s Canseco card or, you know, big patch or whatever. I mean, I'll probably always love those, but, or maybe not, who knows? Uh, but uh, the thing that really got me is vintage and uh, low grade, super key with high eye appeal vintage particularly pre-war. We're talking Honest Wagner, Ty Cobb, uh, Babe Ruth, Sheila Show Jackson, all these guys. And so in 2019, guess what? I had a much bigger budget for cardboard because I sold a boatload of Conseco cards. So in 2019, uh, it was a large second part of the experiment. And I'm kind of using the term experiment loosely here, y'all. It's not like this whole thing that I orchestrated ahead of time or whatever. But uh, as it as it progressed, I just kept walking through doors and you know kind of documented what I was doing. Um, partly because I love journaling about the stuff, but also because I want this to help you. So 2019, uh, I researched the crap out of vintage cards, especially the ones I wanted. And so I uh, ended up buying a lot of them. And uh, after a lot of research, by the way, so I made sure that I bought at the right price, and uh, it was like a, it was like a kid in a candy shop, like truly, uh, you know, thinking about like getting a fifty-one Bowman uh, maze or a fifty-five tops Clemente or you know uh, sixty-nine tops Reggie Jackson or some old Judge cards from eighteen eighty-seven. I mean, all of this was like so new to me because I never even let my brain open up to the possibility of getting something like this. And I think that's a lot of uh, what you all are thinking as well. Like, well, <laughs> I never really thought these were ever obtainable. Uh, well, they are, guys. Like, they truly are. If you're collecting new cards, believe me, you can, you can, you know, dip your toe into the into the pool of, of vintage. Um, I can almost guarantee it. Uh, might take a little work to sell some stuff that you have, but we'll get there. So, uh, 2019, I had this amazing run of everything. They're low grade, and like one of them was like a, a 33 Gaudi Babe Ruth. And uh, keep that in mind because I'm going to talk about that in a, in a little bit as well later on in, in this podcast. But uh, the 33 
Daddy Ruth, I remember one time I was just, I was underwhelmed by the card itself because when I got it, it had a big wrinkle in it and uh, some staple dimples and uh, that sort of thing. I was trying to stay away from the wrinkles, particularly in any holes. Well, the, the seller's scanner wasn't all that great and, you know, he was a very, very much so a, a curmudgeon. Um, and uh, I told him that he's like, well, you know, you shouldn't be great uh, buying PSA one cards if you have a problem with with wrinkles. Like, oh, oh okay, uh, sorry. Well, I was hoping that you your <laughs> scanner would pick up these things and you wouldn't be hiding <laughs> these uh, these problems in your card. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, um, I started uh, uh, realizing, you know, I need to you really kind of adjust my sales here. Uh, to figure out what I really, truly, truly loved. And so uh, that I knew was not something I loved because I wanted to have something that I couldn't take my eyes off of. And so the thing is, when it comes to these PSA 1s, um, it's uh, it's very weird. Grading is very weird. Just because something grades a 1 or a 2 does not mean that there are wrinkles, so that guy was wrong. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of weird things that happen when it comes to grading. So as they say... It's cliche, uh, by the card, not the holder. It's, it's true. It's so true. So um, that's what I did. I continually did that. So I had this 33 Ruth Gowdy, 33 Gowdy Ruth, and it's iconic. I think it's vastly underrated um, and uh, undervalued. I mean, because you think about this, it's the number 144. It's the full body, the batting version. You know, Ruth's got four 33 Gowdies. They're all different. Um, it's double printed, but it's like, in my opinion, the best, uh, most iconic, uh, Ruth there is really when you close your eyes and you think of a Babe Ruth baseball card. Well, let's, let's, let's take a step back. If you ask anybody on the street to close your eyes and say, think of a baseball player, who is it? It's Babe Ruth. You know, everybody knows Babe Ruth. Probably not anybody that's been on this planet over the past half century or more that doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. Um, now, take a step further. As, the, as a collector, close your eyes. What Babe Ruth card do you picture? It's probably the 33 Gowdy uh, full body batting stance Babe Ruth. And so that's how it is for me at least, and that's how it is for many, many other collectors. I've talked to others about this uh, particular card recently. Um, so anyways, I continued on my buying, uh, uh, spree and I researched some more and I ended up getting a 52 tops mantle. I uh, had some creases in it and had a blue splotch on, on it as well. Um, and, uh, you know, look, it wasn't something I would just kind of, you know, say I can't stop staring at because I probably wouldn't be able to stop staring at the blotch, uh, the ink blot, but that's okay though, uh, because with the 52 Tops Mantle, the 33 Gaddy Ruth, having these pieces, they're just excellent investments. Um, and they're just great cards. I mean, you know, you can take pride in having these. A lot more than having like, you know, 100,000 cards of nobody that you care about in your closet, you know. So, uh, so I was really happy about that. But then something happened. Um, first of all, let me say this. I ended up getting a really good education. Uh, through this whole time in uh, in 2019. It really did. It was uh, it was fun. I was able to uh, whet my appetite when it comes to Cracker Jacks, to T206s, T205s, 
old judges, uh, Alan and Ginters, uh, good wins. Like just, I did, a, you know, <laughs> it was great. It was really fun. Um, I was able to uh, do a whole lot of different things. I ended up selling off some stuff in 2019 as well. And, uh, and really what happened, by the way, let me, I'm going to go ahead and tell you everything because uh, the good with the bad. Uh, but uh, I ended up buying a lot of uh, PSA graded stuff, PSA 10 rookies in 2019. And then 2020 came around. Now, what did 2020 bring us? There was certainly heat on the uh, PSA scandal situation and COVID. So before I get to COVID, let me tell you about what happened on New Year's. Uh, New Year's 2020, so almost exactly a year ago, uh, I decided, okay, now is the time for me to take a step back at all these wonderful vintage cars I picked up and uh, determine what I want to do because I clearly do not love, love, love every single vintage card that I got. Let's just keep the ones I really love. So I ended up uh, sitting down and putting them in two piles. One pile was going to be what I kept. The other pile was going to be what I was going to sell. I did that and it was fun because, you know, first of all, you can uh, free up some funds to do other things that you want to. And especially armed with the fact that, you know, you ha have done your research, you've done your homework, and you know you're going to be able to at least make a little bit of money uh, through it. So, like I said, an education that pays you, you know, so that's, that's the way to go about it. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I started off the new year completely wrong. I uh, ended up selling a Cracker Jack card the wrong one i looked at my sales history i lost two or three hundred dollars off of that i never really lose money when it comes to cards guys i'm so like i hate opening boxes of cards for that very reason i do not like losing money and uh, when it comes to cards especially so um that stung and that was a terrible start uh to the year for me but i continued on and Here's another, another strike. Okay, I ended up uh, selling all of my sealed boxes, and I ended up selling all of my PSA graded stuff. Now, as you all know, maybe or maybe you didn't, but uh, <laughs> after COVID or during this COVID season, um, everything that I had took off like crazy. Like they were setting records with prices and, you know, so pretty well set. At least I would have been had I not sold before all this craziness happened with the pricing. That's right, my friends. I sold everything at the wrong time. <laughs> I sold it all too low. And uh, again, you know, that's just kind of the luck of the draw, though. Like there is no way I could have known that COVID would have actually had the exact opposite effect of what I was thinking. So that's okay. Live and learn. So uh, when that happens, um, you know, what you do is, is hopefully it lights fire under you to do even better is, and be more selective over what you're trying to get with the money that you got after selling. Um, so that's what I tried to do. Um, I tried to really determine um, what was best. And with the, to do with the uh, money that I just uh, made off of all those undersold cards. I still made a little bit of money. Um, and I'll tell you one thing that was really great was out of all of the PSA stuff that I sold, uh, it was all 
you know, ugh, you know, I barely broke even with those. Had a bunch of them. Now, uh, except for one. One was a 2011 uh, Topps Diamond update my Trout PSA 10. Um, I picked that up for 2500 and uh, so I guess all of the other purchases were fine uh, because of that. That was, the, that was the saving grace there for me was that trout. Um, I was able to uh, put some money with it and end up trade for another 52 tops mantle. Um, and before I did that even, by the way, let me tell you this. On a whim, I sold almost all my vintage stuff. And I made a little bit of money on that, which is okay, but again, prices skyrocketed uh, on a lot of those things too. <laughs> so now the, the good news is um, I was able to do some really neat things. I was able to pick up some amazing monumental cards. And so uh, I will uh, uh, do like a top 10 video or something like that. Uh, or actually probably just feature my entire vintage collection uh, at some point in the near future. So maybe in the next, you know, next week or two or something like that, perhaps if I get time. Um, a lot of great stuff. So, uh, but one of the things was neat was, you know, I got rid of the mantle, the 52 Tops mantle that was altered that had the ink splotch. And now I have one that has incredible eye appeal. It's one of those that you look at and you go, how did it get that grade? It's an SGC one. And that's what everybody says is, how on earth did that just get a one? And that's the exact kind of card that I want to get. So uh, 2020 was uh, definitely another education uh, situation for me where, uh, you know, yeah, I lost out on a lot of money that I could have gotten but uh, I made up for it, more than made up for it, with the purchases and the trade that, the trades I did. So, uh, and plus also, by the way, guys, like doing all this really kind of cemented in my head what I truly wanted, like what really made me happy when it was in hand. Because as you know, when it comes to cards, a lot of times uh, you can feel one way about a card that's online, but when you get it, you can feel a completely different way. It, it might look so much more shiny and nice and new, uh, on your computer screen, but when it's in your hand, you're like, eh, this doesn't excite me. Like, why do I have this? <laughs> Maybe you get caught up in bidding or, or you know, the heat of, of battle of doing a deal or whatever, and, you know, you got the prize, but, you know, the prize isn't as great as you uh, were hoping it was going to be, you know, your feeling for it's just gone. So, uh, that happened a lot with me in 2020, uh, which was a very good thing because, again, when you sell, when you buy and you, and you research first and you figure out what you uh, need to pay to be profitable when you sell later, you're safe. So in spite of all the, the bummer situation that I went through in 2020, I was safe. You know, I was safe because, you know, vintage is a good investment anyways. And, you know, come to find out those PSA newer cards were actually pretty decent too, but oh well. <laughs> so we'll see what the future holds for them. I'm not sure. And nobody is, I guess. But anyway, so one of the big things that came out of 2020 was not just the purchases, but uh, me uh, discovering what truly made me white hot passionate um, for when it comes to like non conseco cards. And that's what I focused on. And uh, so that's where it kind of uh, leads us right now, where uh, I ended up um, 
uh, my last podcast, I think it is, one or two podcasts ago, I talked about how I picked up this old judge, uh, King Kelly, was awesome, and I ended up coming across a Gypsy Queen, Roger Connor, at auction, and sold a bunch of Canseco stuff that I didn't really care about, other cards as well, and I lost. I swung hard, I missed hard, I struck out, and I went back to the dugout with, uh, you know, dragging my bat uh, on the ground, basically. Um, but, my friends, that is not where the story ended. Um, here's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. Um, so, uh, as I was uh, cruising on the internet, <laughs> as I always do, um, I ran across this uh, car that was for sale, and... At first, my first thought was, wow, this is a really nice 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth. I mean, this is incredible looking. And so I reached out to the guy. I go, hey, um, I'm very interested in this card. Uh, you know, tell me more about it. And then I looked again, and the flip said 1933 Worldwide Gum. And I go, oh, well, never mind. It's not Gaudi. It's, it's just a... Uh, worldwide gum and I go okay never mind sorry and I kept looking I go but my gosh that thing is gorgeous it's beautiful I did some research and everything and I found out that uh, a lot of the, this is this is kind of what, what gets me in trouble guys is like when I research I get super romantic about cards and I end up loving them and so that's exactly what happened with this worldwide gum uh, uh, issue so let me tell you about it real quick. It's very fascinating. So, in 1933, Gaudi, it's the it's one of the big three card sets, right? So you have the T206 white border, the 33 Gaudi, and the 52 top set. Those are the big three. Um, and then, of course, the big three cards out of all of them, the Wagner for the T206, the Babe Ruth for the 33 Gaudi, probably the full body batting, number 144, and, of course, the 52 tops is the mantle. So... Um, I can't stress this enough, guys. Like, I think that Ruth is, uh, is going to explode at some point. So, um, uh, it's all, it's actually done really, really well over the past year. Um, I would have been served much better if I ended up buying this one like a year ago, but probably wouldn't have been for sale at that point. So anyways, worldwide gum, this is the Canadian Gaudi. So Gaudi owned worldwide gum and they printed them in Canada. It's the same fronts. Just different backs. The backs have, uh, some of them have just English, but others have French and English. So they could call them the, the, the Canadian Gaudi or the Gaudi Canadian back or the Gaudi French back. Um, and, uh, you know, look, I don't really care a whole lot about backs or whatever, uh, personally. Um, a lot of T206 aficionados, they, they love different backs. They love their backs because there's like 15 or so different uh, types. You can have like a Piedmont that's like of, you know, like a, a cob that could go for, you know, 12 grand or I'm sorry, two grand. You could have a uh, um, old mill cob, same the same cob, go for 12 grand or something. Like, you know, there are people that go insane over different backs. So for the Gaudi and the Worldwide Gum, it's a little different, I think probably in part because the naming convention is different. So for T206s, they're all called a T206. They're all cataloged as T206 cards, um, as opposed to uh, the Gaudis. You know, they're, they're called either Gaudi or Worldwide Gum, in spite of the fact that 
Gaudi owned both, uh, and they're basically the same cards. Like they look the they look the same on the front. Um, so I looked at this uh, at this worldwide gum, Babe Ruth, and I go, man, this is very interesting to me. Like I love how this looks. What I want to do is I want to see the the PSA and SGC pop report. So I looked that up and. The PSA pop report for the 33 Gaudi Ruth uh, batting full body uh, is over 1,400. There are over 1,400 of those Gaudi Ruths there that are you know floating out there um, that have been graded by PSA. Um, not a lot. I mean, you know, the Mantle's got like 1,700, I think. And don't get me started on the 89 upper deck Griffey and all that. So. So, you know, it's not, it's not much, especially given the fact that, you know, Babe Ruth is like the number one player in all of baseball and probably all of sports. Um, so anyways, uh, I looked at the worldwide gum. Guess what guys? Like there's under a hundred that are graded by PSA. So they are wildly different, uh, wildly rarer than the, their Gaudi counterparts. So start going, okay. I gotta look at this card again. I take a look at it. The coloring is beautiful. The centering is amazing. The corners are great. Uh, I go, you know, uh, I'm not gonna be able to, like, <laughs> this This roof here, spoiled, uh, is going to spoil all other uh, 33 Gaudi and Worldwide Gum Babe Ruths for me. Uh, now and forevermore, because <laughs> I'm probably not going to be able to get one that looks this nice uh, for under 25 grand. And by the way, I didn't pay anywhere near 25 grand for it. Uh, but I don't think I'll be able to get one that's got the eye appeal of this one for under 25 grand uh, ever. Because now I don't think that the, that you'll be able to get this roof for any cheaper uh, than you can right now. Um, past year by the way uh, you know they've enjoyed a significant uh, price spike and I think people are waking up to the fact that oh wait a second here this is Babe Ruth you know like Mickey Mantle and uh, Honest Wagoner like Honest Wagoner was considered the best uh, baseball player on the planet before uh, Ty Cobb you know it took the uh, uh, took that baton from him basically um, but Babe Ruth has been the undisputed best in, you know, basically for everybody, um, forever. I mean, you know, so, uh, and plus it's, it's a beautiful card in the midst of, um, really terrible looking cards, um, from that time period. Gaudi is beautiful. Um, obviously worldwide gum goes in there as well. Cause it's the same front. Um, so anyways, the guy puts up for sale and I see it and I, come back around and go have fallen in love with worldwide gum and go okay <laughs> you got me here what's uh <laughs> what can we do and so we're going back and forth i make not one not two not three but four offers on this card and as i'm telling him this first of all he said no uh he he rejects me every single time and he also says you know what else, guys? Like, I'm probably, uh, or you say, you know what, Tanner? I'm probably not going to sell this. I'm probably just going to go ahead and uh, keep this in my collection. It's too nice. 
I go, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> it is a really nice card. I don't, I don't, I don't expect you to, uh, to, uh, to move this, or I don't, I don't blame you if you don't. But man, I really would like it. And so he uh, said, well, listen, you know, is there any way you can do this? And he goes, okay, yeah. He had an, an or best offer price on it, and he said, in order for me to move this card. I'm going to have to get the full price, the full asking price. I go, ah. So I write this long thing for him. I said, you know, listen, man, I appreciate you going back and forth with me. Like, this is a week, guys. Like, this took a week, and I was losing sleep because of this card. Because uh, I, <laughs> I wanted a uh, monumental Ruth example in my collection. But I didn't just want another, you know, PSA 1 or 2, uh, you know, Babe Ruth from 33 Gaudi. And uh, by the way, those go for, depending on the IAPL and stuff, they can go between, you know, 4,000 and, you know, seven, $8,000 if they're doing, if you're doing like a PSA one or two uh, nowadays. So, um, you know, they've jumped considerably. There's like a, uh, uh, roof that was ripped in half that sold for like 700, if that gives you any idea what's going on so i do not like the trajectory of of this as a person that does not own this card who really wants one but does but wants one a little more special than uh just the run of the mill one so uh this was kind of the perfect one that fit the bill for me but i wrote him i said yeah i don't think i should do this this is probably not a good idea thank you for your time uh i appreciate it and best of luck to you and i knew i hit send i hit this that send button guys and like instantly like just Oof, you know, I got up from my desk and I got a snack and I was just like thinking about, about the card and felt regret. Like, ah, oh, man, why did I let that go? It's, uh, that was probably the only emotional push that he needed to put it back in his collection. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's the rarest version of the most iconic card of the most, you know, popular player ever. And, uh, you know, it's beautiful and just, oh man. So like all this stuff is going on in my head and I go, huh, well, what's done is done. I can't go back. I mean, he's, he's probably, this is probably the nail in the coffin. And so I go back to my computer and the screen says the server took too long to respond. Please try again. Oh, holy cow. My message, my heartfelt message didn't even send so the server went back up and i wrote again said hey let's do this <laughs> the card uh the deal was made on christmas day the card came yesterday and it is gorgeous guys it is beautiful and uh this isn't just kind of like a brag podcast where it's like hey look at me i got this uh beautiful 33 roof this is kind of the cap of my experiment, which I will continue uh, down the road as well. Um, but this Ruth would not be in my collection, nor would any of these other really cool cards, had I not gone down the path of looking uh, deep within myself to figure out what I truly loved and truly didn't care about uh, in this hobby and get rid of the ones I didn't really care about. And so I got to tell you the amount of satisfaction and joy that I've gotten over the past couple of years where a lot of people, they look at what I did and they probably were thinking, man, 
he probably regretted uh, selling off his stuff. Like I even had some people say that to my face. You know, you're lying, Tanner. You regret it. <laughs> I can tell you, as, as I've said in the past, no. <laughs> I <laughs> This is the best time I've had ever in collecting, guys. Like, this is the best time ever. And I am so certain that this can be the best time of collecting for you as well. As long as you, number one, find out what you truly want. Number two, get rid of what you don't want. And number three, go after what you want. Now, obviously, uh, not in this situation where it's going to cause your uh, stress between you and your spouse or your finances or you know, not paying bills or going in debt or anything. I'm not advocating any of that whatsoever um, because this is a hobby. It should be a uh, stress-free, enjoyable outlet. And it can be. You, know, you just got to figure out how to work it. And so that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to help you guys out. Uh, and give advice on what I did uh, for 2021. So, uh, that said, if you have questions um, or want to uh, bounce ideas off me, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to give some advice. Um, I think somebody was uh, was offering advice for sale. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not asking for money. I just want to help you guys out. So, uh, anyways, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope y'all have a fantastic 2021 and I hope to hear from you soon.